This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We have all heard the scary statistics. One in two Canadians will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime, and everyone is touched by the disease, whether they suffer themselves or they go through it with loved ones and friends. So why hasn't this emerged as a national issue during the federal election campaign? I would like to hear from you. You know, there are some aspects of going through cancer that people rarely talk about. One of them is the financial hit. Yes, we're very fortunate. We have socialized medicine. Uh, Most of the treatment or much of the treatment that we get is covered, but it is still a huge financial hit. Uh, It can strike young parents, then how do they take care of their children? There are a whole host of issues around this. Uh, so I'd like to give the numbers out, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now I am joined by Sean Cheery, who's the uh, Senior Manager of Analysis at the Canadian Cancer Society, and Cindy Barnes, who's been diagnosed with stage three tonsil cancer. Welcome to you both, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for Hi, having Libby. me. Hi. Well, Cindy, first of all, uh, how are you doing? I'm well, thanks. I'm well. Are you uh, in the midst of your treatment now? Uh, no, uh, I'm, I'm done my treatment. Um, it finished uh, March of uh, 2000, well, actually April of 2017. So I'm about two and a half years um, through recovery um, and doing well. Oh, that's great. I'm very glad to hear that. And Sean, so why has this not emerged as an issue in the campaign? Yeah, it's, yeah. as you say, you know, the financial impact is a big issue. And we've had three issues that we've been asking parties about ourselves. And uh, one of them is that the extension to the EI sickness benefit going from 15 to 26 weeks. We know for many common cancers, that the treatment and recovery time is much longer than the, the 15 weeks that's currently available. And also the c- compassionate caregiver benefit was extended from six weeks to 26 weeks in 2016. So we want to see the caregiver benefit uh, in line with the sickness benefit for the actual sick person as well. We're also asking for a cost recovery fee of $66 million dollars for the, from the tobacco industry to cover the cost of the federal tobacco control strategy and all the work the federal government has to do because of exposure to smoking. And we also want to close the gap in coverage for take-home cancer drugs in Canada. And as you were mentioning, you know, it, you know, we do have coverage, but with take-home cancer drugs, if you live in a western province or Quebec, you're covered. But Ontario and eastern provinces, you aren't. Unless you have private coverage, um, there's a huge out-of-pocket expense for those take-home cancer drugs. Uh, yes, but as you are rightly uh, pointing out there, that is a, a provincial issue, and it does seem pretty crazy 
that, uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to be taking a pill, you have to pay for it out of your pocket. If it's in an IV and administered in the hospital, the government pays. But it is a provincial issue. It, it is, but we're asking the federal government for considering it. You know, we, we haven't seen anybody step forward on it, but we've been seeing, you know, the parties coming forward with their pharmacare plans, and we're hopeful that it could fold into what they're planning for pharmacare. Yeah, but you're getting into constitutional issues if if uh, the the federal government sort of tries to tell the provinces what to do on that. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's going to be a huge challenge of the implementation of the pharmacare is figuring out those challenges uh, and aligning what's available. We want to make sure that people have the same access to uh, the treatment they need for cancer across the country, regardless of where they are. Right. But it doesn't look like uh, pharmacare is happening anytime soon, uh, unless the NDP is elected, which is very, very unlikely. Yeah. And I mean, we will see what happens with, uh, you know, with the potential for minority governments. But yeah, we've seen uh, the EI sickness benefit is something that both the Liberals and the NDP have supported. Uh, so we're hopeful on that front. Well, yeah, it's it's interesting with the Conservatives because uh, they've stepped forward first and said, well, we, we are uh, going to extend parental leave or we're not going to we, we won't charge taxes on parental leave. They've offered uh, EI benefits just yesterday for bereaved parents. Uh, which I was found a little surprising, uh, but we haven't heard them speak on this again. I've, I'm no, they t- they've talked on EI reforms. We're you know we're hopeful that maybe it's fitting with in their thinking, but they haven't announced it as you said. But they did announce the cost recovery fee for the tobacco industry, um, supporting that, and then also committing 15 million to the implementation of a palliative care framework in Canada. So we're hopeful with that as well. Okay, Cindy Barnes, tell us a little bit about your story. When you were in treatment, uh, was it a financial hardship? How did you manage? Uh, my, I did not have any benefits. Uh, I was under contract with my employer, so I personally did not have any benefits. I was very fortunate that my husband had benefits. But, however... Um, my husband took four months off work to look after me because the treatments are so debilitating. So he left work with um, no coverage, like there was no coverage for him. So his salary was void for four months while he looked after me. But however, my medication was covered through his benefits. Uh, yeah. And, you know, what did that do to your family having to, to how did that affect your family? Uh, well, it certainly changes things for a while, um, but it, it it had to be done. It, I just could not be here by myself and make it to my appointments and, you know, and just everything, just day-to-day living, eating, taking medication. I was, it was so debilitating. You, you just have no idea. I, I was permanently on the couch. And when when I would get up, when my husband would take me to my appointments, first thing I'd do would be put the seat back. Like, you just have zero energy. Uh, it's, so it's, you really don't have any time to be worrying about money or how you're going to get to your treatment, your next treatment. Your energy really has to be put towards survival, whether it's mental energy or physical energy. 
And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because that sounds tough, but, you know, on the other hand, your husband is probably fortunate if there was a job waiting for him after he took four months off because a lot of people can't do that. Isn't that right, Correct. Sean? Correct. Yes, exactly. Sean? Yeah, that yeah. is correct. Yeah. Uh, are you looking for any provisions like that to guarantee people's jobs if they have to take the time? Yeah, that's what we will have to look at. If you know, if the federal government, whoever takes power, implements the EI sickness benefit, then we'll have to look at uh, what provinces have that protection for job leave to ensure that people can take advantage of an extended EI benefit for both the patient and the caregiver. Well, yeah, and I know that uh, CARP is certainly looking for some improvements for caregivers as well. We are talking about cancer, cancer treatment, and what happens to family finances when someone in the family is diagnosed with cancer, and why has this not become an election issue. Uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Grace in Toronto. Hi, Grace. Hi, Libby. You're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to explain that uh, my cancer affects the whole entire family. My brother was diagnosed with cancer and uh, he didn't have insurance, uh, like disability insurance on his mortgage. And he didn't have uh, extra money in a bank. And uh, he had just started, he just bought the house, his wife and him. Uh, both worked in, uh, you know, regular jobs with no insurance uh, from the companies that they worked with. And so it was a huge mess. And then what ended up happening is my mom, who was a senior, had to take out a line of credit on her house through her own bank, minimal amounts that she could take. Um, she should have done the chip mortgage knowing that now. But um, in any case, she took out the loan on her house to help him um, with his expenses, paying his house, paying his mortgage on time. Because we didn't know whether he was going to live or whether he was going to make it through the um, the treatments, and it was a very chronic time in our lives. We're all pitching in, trying to help him out financially as much as we could. And uh, unfortunately, he did he did come to to cancer. He did pass away. But at the end of the day, is um, you know the government and I felt myself. I wish that there was some place I could go to to get some financial help to help him because we only we all had our own bills as well. Uh, so it was a very, very tough time for the whole entire family. I'm sorry to hear that story and sorry that uh, your brother did not recover. Um, uh, but yeah, this very, very difficult situation. And when you think about your mom putting a mortgage on her home at that stage in life, that's a really mm-hmm. tough situation. It is. It is. And uh, the family doctors and everyone felt for us and they're all trying to figure out a way uh, there were some medications that he needed that were not covered through OHIP, which I thought, that's kind of weird. I thought, you know, Canada, Ontario, we have the best medical things, but there were things that he was taking, and there were other expenses like cabs and taking him to the doctor, picking him up, and he couldn't do it. Like that lady was saying, you're just on a survival mode, and you're just trying to figure out what you're going to eat, how you're going to eat, and uh, who's going to cook for you, and his wife is working, and he's not, he doesn't have the income coming in. And she's putting pressure on him to try to see if he can get better quickly so he can get back to work. And as a family, we just said, you know, that's enough. We're just going to figure out a way to pay his mortgage and see what happens financially from this point forward and try to support each other and uh, make arrangements for everyone to pick him up, drop him off, and that sort of thing to try to make his life easier. So he 
could fight cancer. And your your mother did did she end up uh, you know being able to recover the financial sacrifice she made? Uh, not really. No, she did not. Uh, she did not recover because she didn't have insurance either. Um, and so to her, the way she thought about it is, well, there I give him his money while he's in good health or while he's in bad health. Uh, he needs me now, so I'm going to give him his money now. His, she would say to us, it's like his inheritance up front, right? So right. that's how she looked at it. And at the end of the day, we were so happy that she did that for him. It was the right thing to do. Yep, yep. Um, you know, families pitch in. Uh, Sean, do you have anything to say to Grace? No, I mean, uh, it's uh, an unfortunate event, and, you know, things like extending the EI benefit could have helped in in a case like that, and that's what we're hoping for. Yeah, let's hope we pray for that. And, I mean, as a, as a person out here in the world, what can I do to make this happen? Uh, Sean, do you have any, uh, if, if somebody comes to the door, you can ask them about it, I guess. It's a bit late for that, I think. Yeah, given the elections Monday. But yeah, I think asking the parties what they're going to do for, for the health care needs of, of Canadians and cancer patients. Especially cancer patients, you know. I mean, there's patients, on, there's the people suffering from different diseases out there, but cancer, if you know you're on the stage two or stage three, stage four, and, uh, you know, you need all the help you can get, you cannot fake something like that. There's got to be more resources. Yeah, Not only the financial, but actually that the caregiving, the PSWs, the timeline that they have available with these patients is very, it's very small. And the people, the families, we all have to jump in and do what we have to do. Yep. It's so, a, it's a very difficult situation. Uh, Grace, thank you so much for sharing your story. Really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome, Libby. It was a pleasure as usual. Thank you for but, taking my call. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, that's, that's a story. And, you know, I don't think that that is an unusual story. Cancer affects families and people pitch in and do whatever they have to do to try to help it. And, and how heartbreaking, you know, it's, it's one thing if after all of that, someone recovers, but how heartbreaking if they don't, uh, Sean Cherry, one thing I have to say, it is, it's late in the campaign to be bringing these issues up. I noticed on the, the CCS website that there was a webinar about this at the beginning of this month of October. And, uh, that was also late. Um, do you have a plan going forward once a new government is elected to try to put this on the agenda? Yeah, I mean, we continue to meet with, both with with politicians and the bureaucrats to to look at ways to to move these issues forward, and we have been talking about some of these issues for quite a while. Uh, and uh, any progress? Well, I mean, I think you know, it it all depends on what happens on Monday. Uh, um, we know that you know the 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 EI benefit is a, is a potential one. And looking at what happens with pharmacare to look at the other issues is the way forward. And Cindy, uh, do you have a, a priority list of what you would like to see from the government? Uh, yes, I would definitely like to see the sickness benefits change from 15 to 26 weeks. There's no way um, an individual is you know, ready to, to go back to work and be a productive employee after 15 weeks. There's just no way. No way. 
Well, I mean, to be fair, it it does depend on on each every every case of cancer is different, and it it does depend. But uh, there are many many where it doesn't. I mean, you know, um, when I had uh, cancer treatment, they were both you know pretty well close to a year, though I was able to work through some of it. But um, mm. yeah, that's well, very difficult. I was stage three when I was diagnosed. And as you know, stage four, you know, basically they can't really nope. hear it. Yeah, not um, not would that it was stage three and you seem to be very healthy. And that, yeah. of course, is the and most I, important yeah, thing. I, about. I don't know what, you know, I mean, mine were 35 treatments of radiation and five treatments of chemo. So it was a, a heavy treatment um, over s- seven weeks. So it was heavy. Um uh, like you say, I don't know. I mean, you said you were able to work through some of yours. I, I definitely would not have been able to work. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying it's 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 not a blanket. Every case of cancer is different, and everybody is, has a different situation, but there should be more help available for sure. Um, yes, yes. Even, like you say, if it's financial to help pay for medication or, or to someone to, you know, pay f- to get the individual to and from their appointments. Uh, and Sean, what would you like to leave us with on this quickly? Well, I think, you know, the three issues we've put forward are, are, are key issues for, for Canadians faced with a cancer diagnosis. So, you know, ask the questions of which party we think would best support your needs. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Sean Cheery and Cindy Barnes. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.